0: Oh wow. You're listening to the House
1: battery. Mega worldwide. I've had people walk out of me before, but not when there. was being so charming. Video streaming at farms.com. Oh, I don't care for you or for the people smudge like you're trowling out. us Facebook, stick. True progressive
2: talk. It might be a good time for you guys to give up.
1: Welcome back. Um you know I, I'm very, I was, I'm really glad that uh, the timing worked out that we got to talk to Ty on today. Because like I said, what it means to me to never forget 9-11 is to never forget what got us there. And to, I'm not, and I'm really against, you gotta have to know this from an ethical and moral standpoint. I am against casting aspersions on previous generations for not knowing what we know now. It is arrogant and silly. And and takes a lot of the responsibility off of us. Um, and um, I was I was showing uh, Johnny Million something during the break, mm-hmm. and then I uh, sh- uh, showing the chat room um, that outside of Las Vegas. If you're
2: listening on the radio, sorry, sorry,
1: you can look it up. Look up molten salt and Vegas, and and a re- and believe me, a um, a fancy restaurant in one of the casinos will not come up. Although you could absolutely, if there, were, there were, that sounds like a Vegas restaurant. Have you, got, have you guys been to molten salt yet? Oh my God, it's amazing. I mean, they coat everything in salt and you'll die of a heart attack the second you lick anything. But yeah, it's fabulous, yeah. fabulous. The ice cream, try it. Um, the, the molten salt um, stores the heat from all these solar panels, these mirrors really, that are reflecting the sun directly at this point and then they it stays hot all night long and creates steam and a lot of our a lot of our cities run on steam engines kids um it's kind of amazing we you know we are yet to move into the nikola tesla world where we're getting direct energy from a lot of what we're doing a lot of what we run on because of our roots in in the fossil fuel industry are you know like a train engine you know we're just shoveling coal in there to make the steam you know puff through and the pressure turns something and now off we go uh, or, or minor explosions as it would be in a in a car's engine hmm. um, In this case there was one of those salt uh, solar reactors in in the desert outside of Las Vegas and you would drive past it and blind yourself because it was a novelty and you're like, wow what is that thing and it is as bright as the sun. Do not look at it. Look at pictures, but when you drive through, unless you have, you know, the, the glasses that I bet Trump could look at totally. it. Totally. Yes. Okay? I was about to say, yes. Anybody but Trump. Trump can stare directly into it, apparently. Um and it and it and what's weird is he's he can stare at the sun for a very long time and it never affects his brain. Free health yeah <sighs>
2: look. To me, Corona means Italy.
1: Um, so luckily, you know, he's one of the superhumans. He can, seems fine. He seems fine after that. Um, but there was one of those. Now there's three of them, the, and they're all on the east side of the of the road on the, of the two hundred and fifteen, driving south to Los Angeles or north to Vegas. Um, I guarantee, in the next. 10 years there's going to be 3 to 5 more of them and they'll be on either side so there will be and then someone will sue probably me for degenerative eye disorder from all the cuz I drive back and forth from Vegas to Los Angeles so often that I look out my window and I'm like I'm blind I'm blind for a while I'm blind um but there that is that is going to increase more and more um did you just send me a picture or did you, that just went through there was it just went boop on your little screen. It was good. Um, oh, I don't know why. But, I had it for a while. But again, this is a technology that is uh, increasingly coming online um, that will work well in all desert communities uh, as a power source. Uh, is not reliant on how efficient solar power is. Mirrors are mirrors are mirrors are mirrors. They, you know, And at some point, those mirrors can also be solar panels that you allow some of the uv to pass through and some of it to be reflected back the direct light spectrum stuff the heat of it gets reflected back the absorbed energy can be used for power on a bunch of fronts those things get hot on their own just from the sunlight that you can also drift off there are three sources of energy from every single one of these technologies now this technology is relatively new The second one's better. The third one's even better than that. By the time they get to the, you know, get these really solid, they'll eventually have a little guard around the outside of it where the visible light doesn't come out, but it's continuing to bounce through so that when you're driving, you won't be staring into five suns when you're driving through the desert. Mm -hmm. This is technology that in theory has been around um, since, ever, (laughs) you know, but the ability to do it or do it efficiently or capture it is new and improving all the time. And we have not only a moral duty, I believe, to focus on this. We also, uh, just on not damaging the environment, but also because the geopolitical pushback that we get because we've been in bed with oil companies that are in bed with the worst people in the world um, and oftentimes are worse than them. I am always reminded. Remember uh, when the BP spill happened in the Gulf oh, and yeah. the head of BP comes out and he says, I just want my life to go back to normal. Remember that? <laughs> the poor guy. Remember that? He he was like, and people are like, how? He's very sad that he
2: had to talk to people
1: oh, about yeah, it. Yeah. Well, you know why? There was a reason why he felt that way. Besides, he was a disgusting human being. There's a reason why he he felt entitled to not be bothered to even talk about this. Because Exxon had been dumping that amount of oil into the the Congo every year for decades. So what's the big deal? The Gulf is enormous. There are underground volcanoes. Why are you bothering me? Well, underground volcanoes, we have to deal with as a natural part of it. We don't need to add life has enough problems without you adding stuff on top of it. Is the reason, dum dum. And right. and this particular, you <laughs> dumb, know, dumb. Th- this this particular his reaction was based on the idea that they he knew guys in his job all over the world that pollute this much, they just do it closer to poor people people with no recourse. The mistake BP made was polluting waters near people who would get angry and had the means and wherewithal to do something about it. A functioning government that could push back on it. An electorate and a, and a citizenry that wasn't having it anymore. And could do something about it rather than just, you know, deal with death squads. That's why He had to deal with it that's why he was having to go in front of you know give statements where the the head of exxon or the 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 tillersons of the world were not they never had to do that stuff because they all did it in places where uh you know does anybody really care (laughs) right and even in the areas and on top of it this relates again to the sort of you know to our our sort of theme about environmental 9-11 remembrance That even in the areas where they were dealing with pouring toxins in, the people that were running the area that were allowing the corruption in the Niger Delta and other places or in the Middle East and in Iraq and Afghanistan and places like that where oil was coming from, the leadership was so equally violently corrupt that even the American populace, the world populace, not just us because we're not solely respond we we consume a lot of the world's oil but not nearly as much you know that the whole like ah oh, europe doesn't even bother to spend yes they do and yes they did they just didn't tell the truth about it mm-hmm. for a long time and russia was even worse about it just uh, choking cities disgusting air pollution still to this day it's always a problem um even in those moments you know in dealing with those but we as a society were like well We may be polluting those areas, but those folks are violent monsters who enslave their own people and blah, blah, blah. blah. Like you could look down at the populace because of what their government was like. And they did the same with us. Our government or our corporations were these big violent things. So if we blew up some citizens, what's the difference? This is a human reaction to these things. One that we have to take responsibility for in ourselves when we see ourselves doing it. Uh we got to take a break. When we come back, uh call 773-763-9278. Mm-hmm. Um, um I think I you know maybe this diverges from how other people remember 911. And maybe that's the gift I feel like I can give in in this you know in this holiday, this holy day that we reference you know the passing of these people how we can best remember those people is to never get involved in a geopolitical resource war again, ever. And to learn from the ones and heal from the ones that we've been in so that the trade that happens between countries is in businesses that are not crucial and binding and cause us to morally look the other way. We'll be back right after this. This is the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk.
0: attention stop what you're doing because we're coming back to the Hell sparks radio program mega worldwide
1: they went a little crazy with it and i appreciate it let's get back with hell sparks radio program mega worldwide so um i i have committed to my next car being fully electric and to not getting a new car until then so that that you know I'm and my my car is long in the tooth. I've got 130,000 miles on my on my vehicle, and uh, you know, and I keep it in you know decent shape. It's a it's a little dirtier than I'd like it. I'm a busy guy that does a lot of road trips, um, and I've had hybrids in the past. I'm not going to touch your dirty car. Thanks. I've had hybrids in the past, but I've never had a fully electric car. So um and I am on the list for the Cybertruck because I think if uh, first of all it's way cheaper than I think it should be. And and is it like a
2: Transformer?
1: No it isn't, but it looks a lot like a uh, something from a 8-bit video game in the 80s. Oh, that's it it awesome. has a very I all love right, the 80s Cybertruck. I feel like I could jump out of it dressed uh, you know cosplaying Chuck Norris and Delta Force and it would work. Oh, you yeah. totally could. You do not need many pixels for this thing. No, you do not. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I have friends who have Teslas and, and the like, and, and, um, and I carry a lot of gear. So having that, you know, ability, you know, having being able to put an amp in the back of it's kind of crucial. So and with the solar panels on top of it, so it charges while it sits would be great. So that's, that's my thing. Now, there's a lot of options out there. By the time, you know, I get around to doing it, I very well may, you know, there may be something better that's an option. But right now, that's that's the front runner. And I'm, you're, you're too tall for my screen, Johnny. I'm like you. are Oh, sorry. You, I, I keep I was adjusting my butt. That happens. Uh, I, I, but you know, I don't know when the methane powered cars come, but we hope soon. Um, Johnny Million. Here we go. Um, so let's take you some calls welcome. though. 773-763-9278. Um somebody in the chat said of course Hal Sparks would want a cyber truck. Who do we have on the line Chicago? First up is Steve from the Gold Coast. Excellent. There you go. Hey Steve, Welcome. Yes,
0: thank you for taking my call. Yes, I want to make a couple of points. Uh, one, I think you're dead on with regard to, to linking these things to American foreign policy, energy, uh, where, how we move forward. And, and make no mistake, uh, we can become energy independent and we can move to renewable fuels, but you know, we're still going to have a great deal of debt to pay in terms of uh, the situation that we helped to create in, in the Gulf and so forth. Because if you think that Saudi Arabia is a problem now, Wait until you know the only viable resource that they have, you know, the thing that creates wealth and allows people to drive around in uh, Ferraris and McLaren disappears or is worthless. And what happens then to that society? You know, how many more radicals are you going to create? It's, it's very difficult to get somebody to strap on a suicide vest when they're driving a Bugatti. Uh, are you out of your mind? I've got yeah. a Bugatti. I'm not about to blow myself up. Uh, what I, uh, you know, I'm reminded of that scene in Syriana. Uh, where uh, Matt Damon's talking to a progressive prince and uh, Mm -hmm. basically giving him uh, an honest uh, view of what the world uh is. uh, considers to be that uh, that part of, right. of of the globe, and you know, you guys were living in the desert a hundred years ago, chopping each other's heads off, and that's exactly where you're going to be a hundred years from now. Mm-hmm. And, and and it was kind of brutal, but in many ways, you know, it's reflective of, of what many people think that you know. That, well, you I know, mean, even Russia, Russia's is a good
1: example of that as well, because Russia's you know entire economy, its kleptocracy is is a petrochemical uh, kleptocracy. It's what it's run on, and once we shun that forever, once we're no longer a part of that, the geopolitical blowback will be increasingly seen, and this is part of the shift that you're seeing in the Republicans holding their nose and letting stuff get through and and Democrats fighting actively for it, of getting us on renewables, getting us to electric cars and the like as fast as possible. Because the geopolitical upheavals that are going to come from climate change that are inevitable at this point because we have made so much damage. And it's even when we fix stuff or better it, it's going to take a long time to reset it. And much like you're talking about the geopolitical blowback uh, and you know, from you know, wars for oil in the past, a lot of that's going to be felt in Europe and in Russia will be the fights between China and Russia and Afghanistan and the, and the territories in that area, fighting over a limited resource that fewer and fewer people use. And if we in the United States have all but weaned off all, we and have, we have practically, we have weaned off foreign sources, but we are no longer playing in the sandbox of the geopolitical worth of oil, which is within the next 10 years, by the way, just count on it, and you know that the and and you I know where you're getting to some degree with this too is that the the Saudis hit peak oil a long time ago. There's an argument that they have none left, that they are they are a a monetary monstrosity, not a petrochemical monstrosity the way they were. That they've gotten through all the oil they have control of, and now they're trying to through terrorism and other stuff, yeah, get control of more resources that's because a, that's a conundrum. Yes. That's the conundrum
0: of, of the oil-producing world: is that okay? So overproduce, drive down price. Okay, that's a bad thing for us. Uh, don't uh, uh, let it sit in the ground as uh, alternative uh, alternatives renewable fuels are created. We could be left with the largest pit of worthless junk in the world. Right, that's what oil will be down the road. So yeah. you know, they're, imagine
1: they're sort of imagine the title. Saudis trying to uh, maintain their level of wealth and and out of plastics. Out of the, you know, yeah, exactly. imagine uh, Middle East, Dubai, all that place run completely on plastics factories. By the way, as we also in the West start moving away from plastics and we try to do like, you know, uh, reclaimable plastics and and the like, you know, we're going to move away from that stuff as well. This will be a bump in oh, human history. Right. Right.
0: And I will say that, to be fair, uh, and I get into debates with some of my my more radical environmentalist friends on this. Uh, you know that uh, absolutely, I, I concede that we need to be moving in that direction. Now, at the same time, they will they will give you this argument. You know, we have done this to our planet. Yes, we have. But as you pointed out. You know, what was the alternative a century ago? Were you going to tell, you know, America, Europe, some of the other places, oh, by the way, that standard of living that we've seen improving, you know, extending life, uh, lowering uh, uh, hunger and starvation, this sort of thing, oh, we're just going to stop it because, you know, we're having this adverse effect on the planet. Nobody was going to, to go for that. Right? Instead, it, there's a trade-off, and now we can do something about it. Right. The idea that had we known two centuries ago would we have done anything different? I would argue largely no. No. Even today, plug in your electric car. Uh, guess what? It doesn't come from the electric ferry. A lot of it is still generated by coal and oil mm-hmm. and uh, fossil fuels. So, uh, you know, it's, we're not there yet. I think we can get there, though.
1: Yeah, we transitioned through history and we can't pretend. <clears throat> I've always said, and I can't say how I say it on the, on the radio the way I normally say it, but if we weren't a-holes yesterday, we wouldn't need tomorrow. And people, you know, societies, technologies, um, you know, evolve just like people do, just like animals do. There's a change over time, hopefully for the better. You have to manage that change. But this idea that we can somehow look back at the past like they should have known is an absurdity and understand that somebody in the future's kid is going to look back at us and go, wait, they made batteries out of lithium. What was that? But it was the best Absolutely. possibility, and, and it transitioned us people. out of, yeah, it transitioned us out of a more right. toxic way.
0: Almost, almost, right, almost 8 billion people in the world, okay, how many of those were you, would you have been willing to sacrifice? Because they never would have been alive. Yes. And, and that home that you grew up in, were you willing to grow up in one half the size, and no access to education? I, I, so I would, would even
1: go back. so far as to say, I'm when sure. we are, when oil collapses, when it is no longer a viable monetary source that, you know, as far as the the return on investment, the ROI, once that turns on its head and and it's not worth it to get out of the ground, but there are still massive amounts of vehicles all over the world that only run on it, right? When the rest of the world has moved on from that technology, we're going to lose a billion humans on this planet. There are a billion human beings, largely in Africa, India, and China, But South America as well, uh, areas where cars in those areas, vehicles that used to bring food aid and the like, no longer exist. And massive amounts of starvation will happen because those, those, you know, transportation methodologies will vanish in in a matter of years. It will sneak up on us and there will be no, I mean, we will be flying as much food aid as we can into certain areas, but it will be overwhelmed. And that trade-off That came with was that those Uh, billion lives and you have to go, well, you know, to save the environment, you know, do we lose a billion to save three billion over time? Those kind of decisions, it's the shoot the hostage argument over time on a massive scale. So we need to be more forgiving about the people behind us. Making that time, you know,
0: right. And unfortunately, uh, and, uh, and unfortunately, you're not. You're going to have a hard time talking, uh, t- saying this to people who refuse to acknowledge that we are part of the, re- uh, the people who created this right. crisis. It's not somebody who was, you know, been building a campfire in, in somewhere in Central Asia. You know, with the industrialized West, because this is a cumulative effect CO2 and and other greenhouse gases have in in terms of the atmosphere. So, you know, what your grandparents did when when they were working in that coal mine or in that steel Mm -hmm. plant in Cleveland or Pittsburgh or Chicago, that's what's creating global warming that's affecting the people who are poorest in the world, we, who are the wealthiest countries, created this issue, not the, not the poor people. Right. So when something happens to them, we, we're going to have to assume some of that responsibility. But it's hard to make that argument. Are, the Republicans are going to stand up and say, well, why should Americans be paying for this? Uh, because the science says that we are the
1: ones who created it. Right. But they'll also push back that. There are, there are only that many people alive because this technology existed and that their adaption of it on, on a looser scale that's more polluting than what we ended up coming to a terms of because we, are, we had bigger cities, more people close together, and we looked up at the sky and it was turning brown and we're like, wow, this is going to wipe us out, so we better start working on it. And the trickle of that technology moving across the earth is very slow, especially where it's been stiff-armed by the petroleum companies over, over the years. That's where I think a lot of that goes, the people who were aware and did nothing or kept it from the public or made sure that there, that certain technologies didn't you know the, the perfect spark plug, the you know th- that old argument. Right. And but
0: and that's an excellent point. And that's a great point, because a, a century ago, you're, you know, it, it, it simply wasn't there, the technology. But uh, w- could we be 20, 30 years ahead of where we are now? Yes. Were it not for the role uh, of public policy by by the fossil fuel industry, uh, you know, retarding the development of, of mm-hmm. electrical electric cars, of other technologies. I mean, you know, you know no the, question. The, you know, those not old enough to remember. I mean, uh, you know, watch the you know, the, what killed the electric car.
1: You know, exactly. I mean,
0: it decades of Yes. Yeah, know, so we, yep. we, were, we were on the verge of doing something important.
1: That's right. We went over into the break. I appreciate it, Steve. I wanted to uh, let you finish that thought. Thanks. So thanks for calling in, brother. Uh, we'll be back right after this. It's the Housepark Sparks Radio Program Mega Worldwide. You're listening to House Sparks Radio Program Mega Worldwide. Uh, I thought there was going to be like a new one every break. I was so excited.
0: You want more, Hal? We'll give you more.
1: House Fox Radio Program, another worldwide on Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCBT, May 20. hoo Welcome back to the show. I know we have other callers uh, on this uh, 9-11 Remembrance Day. And again, I I have just, for my own, I guess my own uh, moral and ethical reasonings, I, I do want to use today to remind everybody what got us into this problem. And that the best way to remember the deaths of the people who were killed on 9-11 is to never get bogged down in a forever war over resources like oil ever again. And to honor the, our, our scientific know-how that will take us out of this stuff and always seek the better in those circumstances. Um, I don't want to hear any arguments about lesser of two evils. If you have a choice between the lesser of two evils, choose less evil <laughs> just as a general rule. And maybe if every time we made the choice, even when we're presented with those uh, of not being uh, like, I'm not going to make a choice. This is just between two, you know, the lesser of two evils, then maybe you're why we didn't take those steps every time to get us closer to this point. Because Steve, our last caller, was right. We, I mean, and again, like even that molten salt tower that we have here in Las Vegas that technology existed, in theory. We just never went through with it because of the expense and because of the worry and because it was, oil was easier. All these other reasons. And transitioning to that might mean that some people go hungry right now. And we don't necessarily want to make that balance because I don't want, you know, a, a, a one-sixteenth of my constituents to die or not be born because I made a I rolled the dice on a technology that even... The scientists that are with me can't say will work. That's why those decisions were made. Yes, we made you know monetary, geopolitical, money ones or whatever. But if you remove, if you make it this kind of like fantastical Rockefeller chomping a cigar decision, this idea that like you know robber barons and capitalists blah blah blah. If you make that fantasy and take the responsibility off the public and what we would want and what we could push for and what we bring the ingenuity around by studying these things by becoming engineers by uh, you know pushing for these technologies within the the sphere of actual knowledge not a pie in the sky somebody should come up with a way that we don't have to use oil anymore you know if we're going to uh, abdicate that responsibility and make this fantasy you know fat guy chomping a cigar from the warrant album cover uh, as the bad guy in this circumstance without recognizing the trade-offs that were done to save lives and to balance the needs of the public against what could, was possible and where we're going to go, then we're never going to get through these giant changes and we're always going to get into the forever war kind of situations. We're not going to learn the lessons of yesterday. So we now, this is the generation that has the responsibility. We've we've given the responsibility to past generations in theory in in sort of a retrospective look back i find that unfair and unethical on our part we have the ability to respond i don't believe they actually had it if they did they would have that's just it pretty much sorry i, I you know i know how people want to shake their fist at people who are already dead and think that get is a way to pat themselves on the back no that's a, that's a way of passing the buck forget it We, you know, every generation wants to seek the power, the change they want to see in the world. Well, we actually can do it. There was a lot of failed attempts. You talk about the 70s and power, you know, that led to, you know, OPEC and the difference between them, like hostage situations and yada yada. There were people constantly trying. My father built two of the first solar homes in the country, in Kentucky, full solar houses in the 70s as an architect. He was the designer. One of them's built into a hillside. You know, and it's kept cool by the earth and then heated in the winter by, you know, by the insulation provided by the earth and, and by the solar panels on the outside. In 1976, and they tried and it failed because the solar panels at the time, the technology wasn't quite there yet. They made every attempt. People, there were valiant people fighting as much as people make fun of that, uh, that the, the old Indian crying by the side of the road ad that everybody's like he was actually an Italian yeah. actor and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> as much as that's kind of a joke now, that made a difference in people littering and polluting streams in the in the 70s that shifted things it
2: was in the wild
1: west in the 70s and people it, didn't give an F. they didn't give a crap I mean Steve Martin had a joke about it always take a trash bag in your car and if it ever gets full you can just chuck it out the window um you know that was on <laughs> let's get small I think um right that you know and the minute by the way you I guarantee you could track some level of like people littering again and 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 going back to not giving a crap when people called out that old ad as embarrassing instead of recognizing the value it had and the impact it had socially at the time and the people at that time who were trying everything they could to stop people from littering and polluting streams and recognizing that because it wasn't just about litter that was a a a recognition that we are entwined with our environment that the the message of that was beyond just don't throw your trash out the window it was yeah give a hoot don't pollute was one of the uh you know that was during our childhood as well Mm -hmm. that was reminding people that was the seeds of the you know the only reason you think you the only reason you the person listening to my voice right now understand our environmental impact and why, when you hear about climate change, you understand and can grasp the concept is because your parents or the generation before them watched ads on television that said, Give a hoot, don't pollute, only you can prevent forest fires, and had a crying Indian getting upset when someone threw trash out their window. Because they were, that was, and a specific, the purpose of those was not just to deal with the, in, the, the localized problem, but to make people recognize we are entwined with our environment. That we have an impact. You think we have an impact and you understand we have an impact because somebody before you started that conversation. You did not wake up a brilliant person who's aware of climate change because, you know, you just always would have. Because in 1950, you wouldn't have given a crap. If you were born in 1935, you'd have had a bigger problems. I'm sorry. I know you think you would have been a social justice warrior, that you would have absolutely been an environmental steward, that you would have, like, nonsense. <laughs> nonsense. So give those people some credit for trying really hard. As, as, as people tried to, you know, quell the Industrial Re- Revolution, and, and, you know, deal with carbon in their localized environment. Those are the people who planted the seeds of the trees you sit under, okay? Now it's your turn to plant the seeds that you that people will sit under in the future. I, you know, I know I got on a rant, but this drives me crazy because it people use it as an excuse to expect that, A, someone will come up with a solution and that somehow— People who are alive now are better just because. You're not. You're better because generations before you started to wake up to this issue and tried really hard, really hard to jumpstart this movement many, many times. And the same thing is true about, you know, about gay rights and trans rights and all this stuff. You look back at people and you're like, these people were disgusting, whatever. Nonsense. If you'd have been alive then, you'd have thought the exact same thing. Sorry. You don't get to just, because of when you were born, magically wake up a better person. It's embarrassing. Stop saying that. Stop saying that if you were alive in the 1800s. It's like the Eddie Murphy bit about slavery in Delirious. If you Mm. haven't seen it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Have some, uh, have some humility in the face of this tide and and rec- and recognize too that you have currently an ability that they did not have that's why you think it would be easy cuz you think you're a, you're a swipe right environmentalist now you can hashtag your way into feeling like you're doing something and by the way you can because when you hashtag something you let the the general populace know that you're on the team for like yeah we can balance this i'm on the side of renewables let's move towards this i'm really willing to tighten my belt a little bit so when you do that hashtag stuff, it does matter. It does help. It is valuable. But don't pretend that, A, that's the heavy lifting of real of, of working on carbon caps in 1982. When everybody thought you were a lunatic. or Or Jimmy Carter putting solar panels on the White House and Ronald Reagan taking them off. By the way, yeah. by the way, Biden White House, please put them back on. I I have I, I my guess is they're going to do it probably for Earth Day. That would be my guess. Um, I hope that was your chair squeaking, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> um, this this matters. I, I yeah. We, sorry, we, I ran straight through that break. We'll take a couple of calls in our last little segment on or, uh, on our way back. So you're listening to the House Park Radio Program Mega World Rant. I'll be back right after this. <laughs> That's much better. Much more subtle. Subtle. Stop what you're doing. That's all I got. Yeah, I understand. Because we're coming back to the Hell Sparks radio program Mega Worldwide. Transaction. They went a little crazy with it, and I appreciate it.
2: What? Now let's get back with Hell Sparks radio program Mega Worldwide. Wow.
1: Wow. 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 Wow.
0: What? Ah,
1: welcome back um let's before i get on another rant because i will as everybody who watched through the break on infotainmentwars.com or on knows or, or on twitter i haven't forgotten you guys um i i just don't know if you watch for a little bit and then jump over or if you would please go over and subscribe at infotainmentwars.com it's let I mean, just type it right in it's i mean i i bought that url years ago as a spoof of Infowars, and i think it's quite cute I got to say, I think it works very well and fits our general uh, uh, oeuvre of work, as it were. <laughs> um, so infotainmentwars.com, like and subscribe today if you could at the YouTube channel. Give us a lift up because you have to understand, I got less than 25,000 subscribers on on YouTube right now. And last year, this time, I had less than five. So we're definitely growing a 400% plus growth in the last year. That's pretty ooh, solid. Ooh. Um Rudy Giuliani has 116,000 subscribers or something along those lines Wait, and the did ben- you see the
2: hot girls and boys video chat
1: Quit. Don't call attention to the trolls and the people <laughs> who are- No. Don't pay
2: attention. How can I not? I've got to go sign up. Hang on. No,
1: do not. I I swear to god, young man. Um Now I got to I gotta think quit. it's legit. Do you? Yeah, give me your credit card. <laughs> do you? Um, they, they, I mean, they restart every time. So, um, let's uh, and let's get to a caller though, because we got we got about ten minutes left in the show, and I want to get to them. So, who do we have next? Chicago. You got David from North Miami Beach. Excellent. Hey, David, welcome. Greeting the time changer. That's a movie <laughs> joke. Yes, understood. Yes. Uh,
2: uh... Now that Sean Kaminsky is retired as the uh, bionic brain of uh, Morning Radio, right of Steph, yeah. Well, I guess he's he's um, only
1: temporarily retired. Uh, he's I going understand. to look after his mom who has cancer. People who don't know, um, Sean works on Steph's show. His um, he's gone to take care of his mom, um, and uh, he'll be back hopefully. And we wish her health and and long life. So, but yeah, go ahead.
2: Amen. Yeah, shukkaw. Yes. <laughs> um, Yep. Yeah, Whoops. Lost I guess there. a lot of us are frustrated at fighting the same crime families generation after generation the Cokes, the Bushes, the Romneys, now the Trumps. But I called because a lot of this coverage, especially NBC, it feels like the SNL 90s sketch, imagining Liza Minnelli having a talk show. And she's supposed to talk to Gillian Anderson about X-Files, but she keeps going on and on with Joel Gray about them doing cabaret, right. That Their minds are stuck 20 years right. in, in the past with no context. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like a lot of people don't know the name Iron Eyes Cody, <laughs> the actor uh-huh. he mentioned. He made an appearance in the 80s sitcom New Heart. They don't understand you know, the context that there was at least an attempt to, to fight back you know, the worst of big business. Yeah, and unfortunately, they you know, they came back with a
1: backlash.
2: They enter President Reagan and his. See, I would say, I would say there is a,
1: I would say there's a silver lining to what you're talking about because I'm glad you brought up the line of names that you're talking about. And Romney's probably the closest to being like an old school robber baron, but he th- he did not get elected, and he's been a senator. And his his reach, while Bain Capital has done some damage in the AM radio world, uh, hence the lack of Stephanie Miller in, in an LA station, for example. Um, Ultimately, he has not had the same kind of control. that and- Right, exactly. The uh, he has not had the same kind of control. Ultimately, as as the industrial robber barons of the early twenties or whatever. And if ultimately, if your idea, let's say you wanted corporate control of everything, and originally you started with a Rockefeller kind of idea or a you know any of the main robber barons you know that controlled steel mills and newspapers, the Hearsts and whatnot. And you've wheedled all the way down to the Trumps, a family organization with no stockholders and no real holdings, who's massively in debt and failing miserably. He did one term, lost by the largest margin uh, ever in a in, in a political race to a you know to an outsider to a challenger. Um, the, you know if that's the direction that corporate control, as far as uh, you know, these robber baron crowds uh, are are exerting. We're in a better place even now than I thought we were. Um, as bad as he was, he was and is a failure. W- th- you know, True. Luckily. So luckily the but old- yeah, yeah. Or
2: he calls it, beautiful clean coal. Yes. I hope that the liberals and the libertarians can reach across and end these carbon subsidies that make these businesses run because otherwise how much of their profit is based on polluting water Killing residents, it's corporate the welfare.
1: Subsidy, it's co- resource curse. It's also corporate welfare because we pay to clean it up. Like I said, if gas costs what gas costs, we wouldn't use it. We subsidize it. The government subsidizes it through taxes, so you pay what you don't pay at the pump. You pay in per, you know, uh, through your taxes. Um, and the same thing is true of coal. You know, you're like, oh, my energy costs are low. No, they're not. To call- right.
2: What Norman Goldman used to call the million dollar year. Test.
1: Sorry, say that again. Don't see, so, sorry, say that again because you yeah. dropped out.
2: Norman Goldman Norman used to talk about the million dollar year soldier or contractor guarding the Caspian Sea pipeline mm-hmm. near Afghanistan. Right. I yeah. don't uh, ever built is secondary, but that's, again, that's a carbon subsidy, mm-hmm. and that's not capitalism. Capitalism assumes we're all at the same board game, and we start all start with the same amount of cash, give or take. No, it's somebody's sum on the scale. That's not capitalism. Uh, Tom Hartman doesn't like when I say that, but, you know, that's mercantilism, that's something else. Mm-hmm. So
1: well, it's also, and again, there there's a balance to be struck crazy. here in that we decided, again, not to put this off on anybody else and say that, you know, some sort of mad capitalist is in charge of this. We made that trade off as a public because we recognize the, the quality of life and the, you know, like as much as we talk about like food insecurity in the United States, we used to talk about starvation that that's a shift brought to us by our economy by resources by the availability of food by you know uh trucking that brought food all over the the globe uh, or you know especially in the you know from Canada to Mexico to the United States back and forth that these we played a part in this we decided we would like you know if somebody has five kids we'd rather not the fifth kid starve to death we don't want uh the you know the entire you know Appalachian region most of the south good portions of like the industrial north we had a runt death issue like like everybody had a, a litter of kittens and the smallest one was just going to be sick we had a tiny tim problem in the industrial revolution pre industrial revolution where if you had a kid that wasn't going to make it the family just kind of over time had to deal with they weren't the one you were going to save if you had resources they were going to the kid who could keep your the family alive, who could dig trenches, who could be a miner, that kind of stuff. We made that trade. We did. Not some magical Robert Barron. And over time, they acted on that impulse and went, okay, they're willing to go this far. Are they willing to go this far? Are they willing to go this far? And we said, yes. And they, you know that was the tug and play. Now, we have an option we never had. And that's the part they're dealing with. That's the shift that's occurring on the Earth right now, and we're in that shift. We really are. All right. I just hope we can find a way.
2: I mean, even if it means occasionally, you know, propping up the next cylindra, heaven forbid. Mm-hmm. You know, if it actually performs a public good, fine. But if it means, you know, uh, reliving the movie, uh, the informant. About how the big food companies are cornering the market and burning their own customers and salesmen. You know, let, let's try to avoid that. This well, human out. human and,
1: nature is part of it, and they're going to be barnacles on every whale. You just have to recognize that and not get demoralized because that exists. That's going to happen. So true. you you fix it and you get on with it. It's we cannot react towards emerging technologies that are going to save us from this the same way that the right wing reacts to Medicare and Medicaid and social security by going, there's so much fraud, there's fraud, There's fraud, there's this much fraud. There's a, the end, the, like the tip of your I fingernail you worth of fraud. fraud compared to the lives it saves. And so, you know what I mean? We can't go, of course there's fraud in Medicare and Medicaid. You deal with lives, it. Right.
2: right. If we're saving lives, great. But if we're just, you know, f- uh, fattening Swiss bank accounts, that i have to scratch my head. Well, but, and I also got yeah, it, I got it right
1: I appreciate that. I um what I'm saying is is that you're gonna <laughs> do both at the same time. That's sort of the price of doing business in life because they're if you're talking about limited food and you go, how are we gonna grow food? And then you know, if we've got droughts and all this other stuff, I'll tell you how you're gonna do it. You're gonna do it in reclaimed high rises in major cities with hydroponic lamps and infused soil, and you're gonna have you know a big tower in the middle of Chicago that used to be an office building that nobody goes to because they can work from home because of computers now, that's it's now got cornfields in it. And that's what's going to happen in Detroit. And it's going to happen in Los Angeles. And it's going to happen in all these, it's going to happen in the cities that have been broken by the industrial shifts. And it's going to be uh, done by the cities that are advanced in their uh, search for climate renewal. That's where it's going to happen. And that, and that's how. Remember yes, that
2: when you're buying six 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 Fifth Avenue. I yes. will.
1: I absolutely think. Yes, the top ten floors <laughs> are farming. I completely agree. And and uh, legalize hemp everywhere. That's. Uh, I think we can all agree on that because uh, that's where the future of plastics is going to come from. And you can grow. It grows everywhere. It's a. It's it's called weed for a reason, and uh, you can't get rid of it. And it will, it's resilient and will grow on a hillside with nearly no water. It's very tough. And you can make plastics and paper and all kinds of stuff. The Constitution in the United States, written on hemp paper, folks. I mean, that should teach us a little bit of a lesson. I think, um, thanks so much for the call. I appreciate it. We've only got a couple of seconds left. Yeah, absolutely. And in the show. And I, I know the rest of your day is probably going to be seeing on the news replays of the towers being hit and remembrances mm. and the like. And there's a value in watching those things. I, I I, don't envy you the sorrow that you will feel in watching those, but I do want you to feel a renewed sense of drive and optimism towards a, a more renewable future and an abundant future. We'll see you guys next time. Uh, it's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. We'll see you next Saturday.